When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Folks, if you'd like a copy of my best-selling first book, Tales of a First Round Nothing, head on over to ecwpress.com. If you'd like a copy of my second book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to www.flankerpress.com. If you'd like either copy personalized, just add a note. Thanks for listening to my podcast, and happy reading. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Tales with TR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan Jr. In the middle of a wonderful summer trip to Toronto and Montreal, congratulations to Alex the Hammer Newhook on his big trade from the Avalanche to the Habs. Now listen, fucking people, listen, okay? Hockey fans out there, especially Habs fans, right? I'm going to address one thing first. My good buddy, Alex Newhook, okay? Most of you know what I'm talking about. Most of you are hockey fans. For those that aren't, I appreciate it, by the way. Uh, I had a message from Darlene from Connecticut. And uh, before I get to anything, and Darlene, I appreciate it. You know what Darlene said? She said, you have interesting conversations. And she specifically pointed out, Tessa Bonham and Scotty Thornton were my last two guests. And, you know, they are, so I often wonder, you know, how many people listen to this that don't even really watch hockey? And Darlene kind of put it in, into perspective. She said, you know, those are very interesting people regardless. And they are. And it reminds, you know, so hockey's just the vehicle. But these people are inspiring, right? Not everybody I have on is inspiring. M- many are. I would think most are interesting, or what's the fucking point of having them on? But inspiring. And I was like, you know, you're right, Darlene. You are correct. They are inspiring. And when I think of them as guests, 
I don't think of them like I'm gonna who's the next hockey player I'm gonna get. I know them through hockey. But they are interesting. It kind of reminds me of those I, I I'm not into race car driving, really. I don't I don't know the differences between NASCAR and Formula One. I know one you just keep going around the track. Others the tracks are more complex, whatever. I, I you know, different tires, drive well, drivers, whatever. I, I I know nothing. I'm not into it. Uh, I, it's not that I don't respect it. I, I don't think I did for years. I was like fucking car racing. What the fuck? How is that a sport? But I was way wrong, right? We can be wrong every once in a while. Much to the outrage of many, but that's the case. We can be. So, uh, But all the same, I'm just not interested in it. Uh, I But... From the perspective, man, I watch a lot of things and I do a lot of things. And I I like sports. I love certain sports. But when we get into the depth chart of NASCAR and Formula One and shit, or box derby racing, whatever, by that point, I'm listening to albums. You know what I mean? Like, I love music, too. I love film. I love history. There's a lot of things that I want to absorb as much as I can, like a sponge, before I pass away and leave this world. And NASCAR ain't in there, right? Like, it's just too far down the list. It's interesting. There's a there's a doc on Netflix that's jaw dropping, awe inspiring. Um, I mean, even to a non sports fan, let alone a, a, a non car racing fan, I've heard it's gripping. And I've seen a couple with my dad. He's not into it either. Dad can't. Me and dad can't drive a standard. I can do it poorly, but. I learned it for a movie I did, but I'd rather not. And I, people ask me, you know, you just got a Jeep, T-Bone. Why didn't you get a standard? You know why? You know why? Because it's harder. And I know people say, yeah, but it's more fun. Uh, okay. Why don't I try juggling while I drive too? Right? Why don't I try playing solitaire right the reason is because it's hard and I want to drive and I want to be safe and I don't want to fuck around I don't I like listening to my tunes putting the car and fucking drive and going or my podcast or whatever I got nothing against this driving a standard it's awesome I'm just not into it so I didn't get into racing because they're all that type of vehicle <laughs> And I can't do it myself. That's a big thing. I mean, I'm not into cricket, but I've played. You know, I can play it. I would never catch me racing a car because I'm no good at it and I don't have the background. Am I interested? Yeah, man. I've owned a Corvette, a Camaro. Loved my red cherry fucking red uh, Camaro convertible. Lost it in a divorce. But anyway, it was awesome, right? I like driving it. It was an automatic. Everybody thought I was nuts there too. Even fuck, a Corvette and a Camaro? Yeah. A lot of hills in St. John's. Why fucking throw a monkey? Why throw a harder element into it? Now, I know that at least half the people listening to this are saying, what a fucking idiot. But I'm just telling you my reasoning. And I've tried and I've tried. I even went out and bought, I bought a 1973 Mercury Cougar when I played in Colorado in the States. 
And that's what I was like, God, I love the car, but it was standard. And the boys were like, no, you got to get it, man. It's wicked. It's wicked car. Fuck, you got to get it. You'll, you'll learn standard. I did. I didn't like it. Fuck around, man. Fuck around. What am I doing? Jesus, I'm playing in Colorado. I want to drive to Vail, drive to Aspen, drive through the mountains, Pikes Peak. I want to have a great time. Throw the fucking top down. Pop on my tunes, hair flowing in the wind. Bring it. I don't want anything harder than that. But anyway, fuck do I ramble. The point of that was that as Darlene, a non-hockey fan, was inspired by Tessa and Scott and their, um, you know, their life story and accomplishments and dreams and all that, I thought about it. And I'm, like I said, I'm not into car racing, but I remember Jacques Villeneuve, he's from Montreal, and he was at the peak of his fame. Uh, you'll have to Google that. Um, I don't have the time to get into his bio, but, you know, a very successful racer. And uh, he was Patrice Brisebaugh's buddy. And um, for those of you that are familiar with Montreal, there's a little street called Crescent Street. It's a party street. It's mostly bars and restaurants. I think it's all bars. It's kind of like George Street in St. John's, except it's not as long and there's traffic on it. With George Street, there's no traffic. It's a bit longer. But Crescent, I mean, the actual party park, Crescent Street is longer, but, you know, the, the little one little block is, is all restaurants, bars. And... Um, you know, he, he, he so I, I used to like eating at a place called Weinstein and Gavino, and that was right next to a place that he owned. So for those that know, there used to be like a club. It was a, it was a dancey club, and it was down, not up. If, if you know Crescent Street, you know some of the buildings, there's there's a down. Like if you go to Sir Winston Churchill's or Thursdays, they're almost different places. There's a down and there's an up, right? One, one's a little dancier, and you're not getting food. And the, the one's like got to look over a patio and there, there, there's food and, and, and whatever it might be. So, and, and a lot of places on Crescent Street are like that. But this place that Jacques Villeneuve owned was, uh, and, and the name was uh, associated with racing. I, I just can't remember what it was. But anyway, I would see him a lot because I would be in there. And the Hard Rock Cafe, I don't think it's still there, but that used to be right there on Crescent Street as well. And... I mean, Watoons, God, myself and uh, a few of the boys used to go down there. And it, I mean, Hard Rock Cafe, obviously it's Hard Rock Cafe, but a lot of places are really commercialized, and I guess that's the nature of it. And, uh, you know, it's more about the fucking exit through the gift shop than it is about music. But this place used to be on fucking wheels, man, the best tunes. Just classic rock all night, loud. Stuff you can dance to, right? Like ACDC were big there and all that. So, uh, but he would come in once in a while, and then we'd head over to his place. I, I don't think he would know me from a hole in the wall. I was just with Breezer here and there and Corson and those guys, and, you know, I was, like, in the mix. But I remember him telling some stories, man, and they were gripping. They were, And it, it didn't make me any less interested in Jacques Villeneuve, but I still didn't give a fuck about the car racing. So if there are people listening to this uh, podcast and you're in that boat, well, thank you. And by all means, send in some suggestions. Most of the people I have on here are, are, are buddies, guests, people I've come across. Tessa Bonham, she was an option. I mean, I looked up to Tessa, and I really tried to keep an open mind about women's sports, especially after having a daughter. Um, really, 
really like stuff I didn't think about before. Um, well, first of all, I'll just say, but with with Tessa, I always ramble and get ahead of myself. Digress, I think, is the word. Um, but Tessa, I wanted to have on for years because I'm a fan. But I mean, I didn't really know her, and it would have just been like any other interview on one of the sports shows that you know you're welcome. It's good, I like it, but I'd rather have a relationship. So Tessa, of course, is in Shorzy, but the first year she did it, I didn't meet her. Sure, her work on Shorzy was a day, and we were off somewhere else. Right? Like when her and R.A., you guys know what I'm talking about if you've seen the show. I mean, it opens up. They're talking about Shorzy and they're, you know, the media in the show. But I didn't come across her. But people think, oh, you, what was it like to work with Tessa Bonner? I didn't. Right? Lots of, I've been in lots of movies that you'll go in and do your scenes in three days. I don't see anybody. I wouldn't know. Right? So that's the case. You often see these people in the movie and, oh, what was that like, man? Like, say, the soup Nazi in Seinfeld. He's in one episode. Right. And he's in like three scenes in that episode. He doesn't fucking know. You know, I don't think Kramer's in one scene with him. So he wouldn't even know what Michael Richards. I mean, he might now with reunions and whatever, but you know what I'm saying? So. I mean, that's the way it has to go down. So I until I came across Tessa, I didn't want to have her on because I figured I would. So now this year I did meet her up there and then I met her and I her husband, Eddie, and in Moncton, uh, just about a month ago, we went there and had uh, Hockey Heroes Weekend, raising money for Heart and Stroke Foundation. And uh, Tessa was not only emceeing the, the draft portion of it, but she was playing in the tournament and got drafted herself. It was a lot of fun. I mean, that's what happens. 20 people go and there's 20 teams and they draft you accordingly, raise money, and it's a big, it's a lot of fun. But now I wanted to have her on because I said, okay, I've met her, we've spoken, and I like to have a connection with my guests. So that's why often, you know, there might be somebody out there. I'm, I'm going to have Roenick on uh, at some point soon. But again, I didn't want to have JR on until I met him. I knew I would at some point. People are going, oh, I have him on now. No, that's just me. I, I'd like to have a relationship with the people I'm having on. Uh, otherwise, it's just going to turn into every other show that analyzes hockey. Right? Hey, uh, I don't know. Matthew Kachuk's available. Great guest. I mean, he was one of my favorite players. If not my fucking favorite, to be honest. But, you know, he's right up there. I love the way he plays. I'd like to play that style myself. I mean, I'm not saying I'm Matthew Kachuk, but, you know, maybe in junior. And my style is, like, that's what I like, you know? Um, there's a lot of similarities, too. He plays pretty rough and tumble. He shoots left. He's a forward. He's center left wing. I think he plays a bit of right as well. But you know what I mean. Uh, I, I identify with his game. I'm not fucking as good as Matthew Kachuk. I'm just saying I identify with that. But it's going to be way better if I if I meet him. And I will meet him at some point, right? Like Biz Nasty. I wanted to have Biz Nasty on as soon as I fucking had an idea for a podcast. But it was much better when I met him. So, And actually, I'll have Biz on again soon. Um, and Witter and Grinelli, for that matter. I, You know, I... That's the other thing. If this was about, I do make some money from this and from doing sponsorships and whatever. But if this was about money, uh, I would, I'll, I'll, you know, I would take advantage of every single fucking connection that I had. Um, but those guys work hard, and, and all these people, and you know, I'll have Jeff Merrick on. Elliot Friedman said he would join. Um, 
you know, O-Dog's a big fan of O-Dog. McLennan, Brian Hayes. Like, but, you know, I'm, I'm listening to these guys. I have Ken Reed on because he's a real good buddy. And I know his schedule and, you know, I guess we're beyond the... He's one of my best friends. So I, I often don't like to have members of the meet, like, get in their face because that's their job, you know? Like, I, I sometimes get overwhelmed and I got to podcast twice a week and a few things on the side. But those guys... They eat, sleep, breathe, absorb hockey. They're analyzing it all day long. It must get, t- I mean, it's tiring for me watching it. It almost seems silly sometimes, right? The season just ended, and then two days later, every fucking reporter's on there talking about, you know, which 18-year-old is going to go. And then yesterday, or <laughs> funny, this is going to come full circle. But anyway, 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 that's why I don't, but I, I will, okay? But if you send me some suggestions, I've come across a lot of people. So... To be honest with you, Scott Thornton sat next to me in the room, but it was a San Jose fan, a San Jose Sharks fan that sent me a, a message on Twitter. Say, T-Bone, you know, you ever think about having Scotty Thornton on? I'm like, well, I have, and that's a good guest, and I reached out to him. I guess it just, in my head, I would have done it at some point. Um, I, I don't plan much ahead. I know who my next four guests likely will be, but we don't have it. Each week starts, I hammer out something with whoever said they might come on that week. If they can't do it, I get a backup. Hence, Terry Ryan Sr. for these two weeks because I'm traveling and I really can't, I don't know when I'm going to have a chance to do it. But I know Dad I can get at the drop of a hat. So I said, Sr., we're going to do 20 questions, Volume 1 and Volume 2. Thanks for doing that, by the way, Sr. And um, that's going to space out these two weeks because i got to go on vacation. But, you know, a lot of times people, a lot of people I have come across Right, I'd love to get Crosby on one day. He's got a few connections to that guy and went to see him in Pittsburgh last October. But I don't know. There's something I I don't like just meeting someone and asking him right off the bat. Oh, hey, Sidney Crosby. Thanks for having me in your dressing room now. Like me, me, me. I, now, can you come on my podcast? Can you sign this for me? Can I have a stick for me? Right? I, 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 it's just... That's the thing with those guys. And I respect hockey players so much. And I know how hard it was and how much I love the, the, the work and the risk. You're risking a lot of injury is sometimes incredibly hard and, and at times dangerous, but it's, it's offsetted with, a great paycheck, and an exhilarating job. To hear your name called out of that tunnel, you know, here come the Montreal Canadiens. Jesus, I'm getting goosebumps. Skating out, fucking lights going off, 20,000 people. That's the payoff. And I had it on such a minor level, but it's still flows through my blood every day. I know what it's like to go out there and skate around and represent the city of Montreal for their beloved Canadians. I know what that feels like. And as I say it, my body is getting goosebumps all over. 
and almost a tear comes to my eye. Still. Right? Still. I can't imagine the elation every day must bring if you're Sidney Crosby. And then you got everybody else in between. So I identify on a, on a small level. I think that's why I look up to hockey players because I know what it feels like. Now I'm starting to feel like that with actors. I mean, we all have a favorite actor or something, right? We all do. But now that I know, I'm not just talking Shorzy. I've been in this game now for a decade or slightly more as crew more than anything for five years, but that's it. But you really, now that I know what it takes to like just something simple, like cry on, on, on camera, on cue, that is fucking hard, man. That's as hard for an, an, an actor and as worthy of, of your respect as it is Connor McDavid going end to end, splitting the D and making a fucking great move and deking the goalie out. Right? Um, and there's so many nuances to both. But now that I can kind of identify, um, and I guess I should have more actors on because now that relationship that I have with, especially the actors that I've come across, is um, more intimate for sure because I know what's going on. So for me, yeah. Uh, uh, but, you know, if I was to, like, okay, Carl English is the best basketball player ever from Newfoundland. Um, and I'm kind of into basketball. I really am. I follow it. I mean, I shouldn't, I'm, I'm more than kind of. I follow it. I was an average player. I'm an athlete, so I could play on the high school team and stuff, but I wasn't great. Um, but I, for you know, I, it's not hockey because I, I, I don't quite identify the same because I didn't play it. But when I hear Carl English tell a story, Carl English's book, Chasing a Dream, to me is, is some of that was poetry of the soul. Um, because... Even though I, I haven't been in a professional dressing room as a player, I, I know what it takes. And, and I think we all do. I could be talking to, you could be listening to this as a teacher that, you know, work tables or, 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 or bust tables or fucking shoveled shit for four years while you were getting your fucking degree. And, uh, or, or six, I guess, and six years. And, but you know what it takes to work hard for a goal and you know what it's like to go to that work and work with the other teachers. And at lunchtime you come in and you bounce things off ideas off each other, much like a basketball player would come in after practice and bounce ideas off their peers, their professional peers. And I can take that over into fucking law, into the medical world, into, why did I go right there? Uh, plumbers, welders, um, shipbuilders, fishermen, whatever it is. There's a level of professionalism that you identify with more than others because it's what you do. But any of these sports that you're watching that are like that command attention on an international basis, on an international level, because not everybody likes would sit there and pay money to watch someone weld. 
but it doesn't mean that you're not as much of a professional and know what's going on and you don't have an appreciation. Let's say welding. I heard that's really, really hard. Okay. And it's, it's, it's not an easy um, program to go through, but, but if you, if you succeed, you're going to be, make some decent money. It's a good trade to have, right? Well, You know, the, the more you put in, the more you'll get out of it. I, I don't see a whole lot different. I love playing hockey, but by the time I was 18, like it was a job. And I mean that in a good way. It's a fucking great job. But you got to start, like if, if you don't study in school, if you don't study the game and, and, and mentally and physically, right? You got to, all the while you're studying the game, you got to be working out. You got to keep in top shape. It's not easy to juggle either because you can't be, you can't be getting bigger during the season. I mean, it's just impossible with the, the, the workload and, you know, it wouldn't make sense to go in and pump iron to put on weight. I mean, unless you're sitting out for three months like I did, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, <clears throat> but you know, you're in there and the more you put in, the more you get out of it. You know, you go into the dressing room and it's, I'm not going to say it's business-like, but you know, you turn the key and you go and you practice and you work on these things. I didn't say, I mean, everybody's different, but I, when I was like, say, working on my crossovers, again, I really had to work on my skating. It's easy to go out there and for an hour before practice and fire pucks top shelf the whole time. But you know, if you actually want to put in time and work, I didn't see that much different than say studying for a math test, right? It's a job. This is what makes me my money. Um, again, it's certainly more, it's more public and there's more tension and everything, but I think that the reason that so many of us can identify with watching sports, let's just say you watch the Stanley cup final. I mean, Vegas, Florida, are there any, I don't know any big time Vegas fans or big time Florida fans. Now, I live in Newfoundland where most people are either Habs, Leafs, or the rest is originals. Boston would be third, and then original six. Chicago, uh, Rangers, uh, Red Wings. That's pretty much. Now, here you might get a few more Red Wings because Cleary won the first cup. Danny Cleary, Michael Ryder with Boston won a cup, and Newhook, Colorado. So you, you probably get a few Colorado fans now. But, you know, I, I don't know. A whole lot of huge fans of either team in the Stanley Cup final, but you can identify when, when, with it when you watch it, and it's still interesting to watch. Uh, and those people are going about their job every day, much like you do. Trust me. New customers? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. 
21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50. 10-plus leg required for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. To go back to Alex Snowhook. <clears throat> so I look yesterday, and a lot of people, because Snowhook got traded for a 30... So for those that don't know, he went 16th overall about five years ago. Alex is at 22, turning 23. Um, and took him a couple of years, first round pick, fucking awesome player, awesome kid, and won a Stanley Cup, man, uh, just just a year ago. Won a Stanley Cup. Now, the thing is, and people look at Alex, now, most people, everybody from here is elated. You know, not that they hate Colorado, but it was hard for him to get up in the lineup there. So you might look at his 30-odd points and go, eh, that's 30-odd points score. No, trust me, man. It's hard to do on six minutes a night. Now, he played an important role. He did in, the, in those, those playoffs. I mean, what you'll see, the further you go, man, your depth players do it for you. And he's not all goals and assists, but I really think that'll go up this year. That'll improve. Why? Marty St. Louis is coach, first of all. Marty St. Louis was a similar player. Shot the same way, played the same position, Right? Um, smallish St. Louis, real small for an NHL player. I think Alex though is five ten or four, well, maybe five eleven. Not huge, incredibly strong in his skates. Oh my God, is this guy a bullet, man? We've been skating for the last month. I think he left today to go to Boston. His girlfriend lives there, but holy fuck, can this guy wheel, man? It's it's mesmerizing. It's fucking mesmerizing watching him. Skate up the ice with the puck. He's floating on his skates, man. It's fucking crazy. But again, that, you know, but compared to Nathan McKinnon, you know, fortunately you got those wheels, Alex. Unfortunately, right? You got guys like Rantanen and McKinnon and Landis Cog when he was healthy. Um, another dude, Labushkin or whatever, or whatever his name is. I forget, didn't play the playoffs. Left-hand shot forward or didn't play the last part. Anyway. A lot of fucking players, right? A lot of players. And on that team, I believe when they won a cadre was there. I mean, a lot of great forwards that are dynamic and some of them bullets as well. But Alex was kind of buried. Now, that's what the price you pay for a Stanley Cup, though. I'd do the same fucking thing. But now you get a guy who's got three years in the league, the better part of three years. Doesn't seem like a lot to you, but he's 20 fucking two. And one of those years, he won the Stanley Cup. Think about a guy like Rick Nash, was in his 30s, played at 18 years old, first overall, played in Columbus, and was in his 30s before he played his first fucking playoff game. Alex came in, played a couple of playoff games. They, they got upset. The next year, boom, I got a Stanley Cup. The end of my first full year in the NHL, his, <laughs> he's got a Stanley Cup. So now he comes over. St. Louis, we know, is going to play him. Habs need players. I fully believe that they're going to be good in a few years. But Alex is going to be part of a rebuilding again. He has a cup. So that's been accomplished. Now he can focus on him. Now he can focus. I'm not saying he's not going to play a team game with Montreal. Of course he is. And I think, I mean, Martin St. Louis is an ultimate team fucking player. Um, and a lot of people in that organization are. 
I mean, it's the Montreal fucking Canadiens, the winningest team ever. I know they haven't won in a long time, but there's still people in and around that dressing room with multiple Stanley Cups, lots, lots of people. So, you know, it's a winning atmosphere. Trust me, you're in that room. I mean, one of the years we didn't make the playoffs, but it's still a winning, like, you know, you think win. There's no fucking lollygagging. So he's going to go in with a team that wants to get better quick. He's going to play with guys like Cole Caulfield and fucking Nick Suzuki. Are you kidding me? He's likely going to play with one of those guys on a line. And he's going to play way more. And now all of a sudden, it's going to be Alex's biscuit to take on the power play. Right? And that's a rite of passage, though. Should he play the head of Nathan McKinnon and company? No. But can he be those guys? I don't know about McKinnon, but, you know, can he be a top six forward in the NHL that makes an impact? Yes, he fucking can, and yes, he fucking will. I promise you that. So anybody that complained about a, trading a some guy I never heard of and a 31st player overall and a 37th, essentially two second rounders, for a cup winner, 22, with a fucking set of rockets on him. Smart. You wait and fucking see. Mark my words. Alex Newhook is going to smash his point total from Colorado in Montreal. He's going to get given a chance. Not only that, people don't realize when you're from Newfoundland, especially when you go away early. Man, Alex was gone at 14 like I was. And then he went out west 16, 17, 15, 16, 17. Victoria, as far as possible. Right now, I'm five minutes from the easterly point in North America, Cape Spear. And he was in Victoria, literally the furthest possible place that he could have gone in North America. That's where he was. And from there, he got drafted. Well, he went to Boston. But after that, for university, gets drafted to the Colorado Avalanche. Awesome team. A little bit off the beaten path when you, when you're, if you're a Newfoundlander. But now he's going to Montreal, where fucking Newfoundlanders love to go fucking watch. Like I was saying earlier about the flights and stuff, you know, it's it's just expensive for, for anybody here to go watch Alex Newhook play in Colorado, and there's lots of fans. But Montreal's like, you know, for us, again, we get fucking ripped off on the flight. But Montreal, Toronto are two, like, direct flights that are close, the closest we could. So, you know, like, I'll be at a lot of games in Montreal. I don't necessarily go to Colorado a lot. But... uh so from Alex's point of view, man, he's going to be, trust me, if you're a Newfoundlander and there's newbies in the building, you can feel it. And you feel the support, you feel the love, you feel the energy, you feel the positive vibes. And, uh, you know, more of his family and friends are going to be at almost every game. Not not all of them, but some, somebody. I know how that goes. If they came to see me, they're going to go see a fucking Stanley Cup winner. Um. So, yeah. And for those that are down on the pick, I forget Guy's name in Montreal. So did Kerry Price when he was announcing it. But anyway, I forget. I think his name is Reinbach or whatever. He's a Austrian defenseman. Everybody thought they were going to take this guy, Leonard, or another guy uh, with a French name from the queue, which, again, French from the queue, great player that would probably work in Montreal, right? I mean, with the culture and all that. But the thing is, before we start snapping on 18-year-olds, look at some picks. Is this guy's name Reinbach? Just wait. I got I to gotta look it up. Reinbach is my guess. Now, let's see. 
Habs first pick. Habs first pick. David Reinbacher. So he's an Austrian. From the outside, skipping over, and so the Habs took him in like way higher than he was expected to go, and they passed over some people that, you know, many scouts will tell you they shouldn't have. But again, these guys can't use Martin St. Louis and down the list. They're not idiots, right? And when I saw highlights of the Reinbacher guy, kid, player i was pretty impressed and it's a right shot d which are rare think about think about what the oilers went through man you know trying to get one and then they drafted bouchard and how you know they really he's blossoming now but it took a while but you know they stuck with it because it's rare to get a a right hand shot defenseman that's worth his weight in gold you know and it's the same for the men's and the women's game for some reason Right-hand shot defensemen are harder to come by, or defense women. Is that how you say that? Um, so I guess it must be, you know, it's rare. It's like if you're a lefty and pitcher in baseball, it, it's a whole new dynamic. You could be the exact same, but if you're a lefty, there's a little bit of more of a demand. Now, there's more right-handed shots in hockey than there are left-handed pitchers in baseball. But it's still more rare than it is to find a lefty, and they're coveted positions. And this guy's pretty big. He's pretty mobile. He's got an underrated shot. He played in a great league. Would I have taken him? No, I wouldn't have. Would I have thought about it? No, I wouldn't have. I would never, ever have taken him. But I could have been wrong, first of all. And these people are paid a lot of money to make these decisions. I'm sitting here right now in my living room with my computer flipped open with a moderate idea of what goes on, an outside look at all the prospects that are coming in through other people. I'm about to go play soccer for the afternoon with my daughter. Right? Anyway. Well, that's what I'm, I'm. That's what happens most of the time. I mean, I'm not literally doing that right now, but you know what I'm saying, right? For me to sit there, so I fucking hate Twitter. For me to sit there and throw fucking stones and 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 comment on their shitty pick or whatever it is, I find is ignorant of me. It's naive, and even though a lot of people don't like the pick, give it a fucking chance. Y'all said the same about Cole Caulfield. He's too small. No one's complaining now, man. Right? After he gets 30, he's going to get 40-odd goals this year. Look at his goals per game last year. And the year before, he was sent down. He had three. And he was sent down to Laval. Didn't know what was going to happen. Getting shit on by the whole hockey community. Martin St. Louis gives him a chance. Boom! Off to the races. Now he gets $8 million a year for the next eight years. I think the same sort of thing will happen with Newhook. I don't quite think he's going to get as many goals as Caulfield. But um, he could. He could. I'm not ruling it out. I'm telling you, Alex is that good. People are going to be surprised. And when it comes to this Reinbacher guy, give him a fucking chance, will you? God, I'm sick of fucking people shitting on 18-year-olds. These guys know what's going on. 
They watch these people. I mean, two, three years ago, it was hard. COVID happened. What are you going to do? Guys play five games. Some of them played none. My 16-year-old was all right this season. was all okay. I'm sure I was rated somewhere in the NHL draft, but if I didn't play my fucking draft year, you know, and, and I shot the lights out, man, I vaulted my status. Those, a lot of those kids didn't have that opportunity a couple of years ago. So it was hard to really get a handle on who was who and how good they were going to be. So I think there's going to be a lot of surprises the next couple of years, right? Because you don't really know. The years that people were ready to bust out, they didn't play three games and shit, right? A lot of people develop in their late teens, uh, especially when it comes to hockey or sports. Um, so, and you know, this guy, like I said, I don't know. It's hard to play in the Austrian Elite League, and he played all year as a 17-year-old. He's a right-hand shot with a fucking cannon. I don't know. Maybe it's not so bad. Mm. Anyway, you know what I'm going to do right now? What am I going to do right now? I'm going to relax, as I often do. I'm going to relax by listening to Miles Davis. I forgot the name of the album. I had a brain cramp. It's called Kind of Blue. So listen, folks, you won't see me on here recommending jazz music much, but I do. Enjoy it. I often have... Jazz is a type of music that I often have on in the background. But not as elevator music. I, I am listening. And when I got into it a few years ago, and again, I, I'm really... I'm, I'm still a rookie, okay? But there's this dude, Miles Davis. I might have mentioned him before. But I really... There it is. So what? With John Coltrane. Oh, man. So the album is called Kind of Blue. Okay? And after reading about it, and you know how, how great the album is and the timing and, and, and you know the Miles Davis ideas coming in and you know he was very innovative when it came to jazz which i don't know as much about but for the reasons i like the beatles meaning that they did a lot first and they were very creative and kind of ahead of their time well a jazz musician would tell you the same about miles davis so what we were talking about earlier remember i said you know you don't really have to be in the hockey to to to, to be interested in tessa bonham's story I like talking to Jacques Villeneuve. I'm not into NASCAR. Trust me, man. Listen to Miles Davis. Start with Kinda Blue. It's an album that... It gets a lot of love by critics and fellow musicians, but you won't hear of it much in the mainstream, and I don't see that changing anytime soon because jazz isn't popular. It never really has been, in my mind, at least when it comes to, like, everyday pop or whatever but uh, or, or or music or hits or whatever but it's underrated and i find a lot of my more accomplished musician friends not only love jazz but that album would be the one that they point to 
So check it out, folks. Why not? Kind of Blue, Miles Davis, recorded uh, half a century ago, I suppose, and uh, even more. And uh, But it's beautiful. It really is. It's beautiful to sit down to while you're making dinner or you're making out. You know what I mean? Works for many occasions. Miles Davis, Kind of Blue. Uh, the famous song that you might have heard in soundtracks is called So What? But, uh, you know, I, I'd heard that come up here and there. But again, few and far between, but I love it. Folks, I'll be back in just a couple of days with uh, part two of Terry Ryan's senior interview. Thanks again, senior, of his 20 questions. And uh, we'll get back to uh, back next week on schedule with um, with some more great guests. It's just been uh, been tough, been traveling so much. And, uh, ooh, these two weeks, Toronto, home, then Montreal. And uh, anyway. It's great to be alive. I love traveling Canada. It's just hard to schedule with people, you know, when you're in my shoes. So, But I can call my dad at the drop of a hat, and I know he'll do it, so that's why. And he's an interesting cat. I'm lucky to have that, you know, an interesting cat slash podcast guest right in my own family. Folks, please, if you're in St. John's, Newfoundland, and this summer it's scorching right now, 28 degrees, summer's hit. If you're coming on over here and you want to go for a drink, why wouldn't you go downtown? Why wouldn't you go to George Street? If you're going to go to George Street, why wouldn't you go to Trinity Pub? Why not go to TJ's Pub, man? What a deck on TJ's. Rob Roy Confusion, our buddy Kevin English, speaking of Carl English, his brother Kevin, still running that after 20-odd years. Wicked spot, nice patio. Greensleeves Pub, my stomping grounds, the bar I spend the most of my time in. Check that out, man. Great live music. Martini Bar, Pete Quinton. Still got that going strong. Love going to the Martini Bar. And, of course, the Bull and Barrel. The best little bar. Definitely the best little music bar uh, in Canada, in my opinion. Check it out, the Bull and Barrel. If you're going to go for a bite to eat, Merchant Tavern, Blue on Water, or Wedgwood Cafe. And, folks, if you want to work out and you want to make a change, go to Rope Walk Lane. Go to Power Conditioning, Strength and Balance for the Body and Mind. We're Alex Newhook Trains. And uh, I don't know if you've heard, he's kind of successful. You like Mr. Lube? There's two locations here I know of. One is on Torbay Road and one is on Kemmount Road. Live, laugh, lube. Folks, when I have aches and pains, I get Pitbull pain sticks. And you can find them at pitbullpainrelief.com. I swear by them. They're awesome. And, of course, true hockey. Take what's yours. Um I've been outfitted with some true hockey gear, and I'm not just saying it. Part of the deal wasn't that I come on here and say this every time, you know, but I feel I have to because they're they're nice enough to give me the gear, and I fucking love it. If I didn't love it, I wouldn't explain. I wouldn't talk about it, and I wouldn't promote it. But uh, I love true, true gear and uh, very fortunate to be one of their representatives, even if it's uh, on a small level. Folks, thanks very much. We'll be back in just a few days with another episode of Tales with TR. I'll catch you on the rebound.